Uh, the fans are going to want to know, why are you shirtless? Is it laundry day? Are you trying to entice me now that Omar isn't here? What's going on? Yeah, well, I, I wanted Omar to feel like he missed out on something. Oh, he's going to feel bad about that. I, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I've seen shirtless dudes before, but it's it's the nipple rubbing. It's That's weird. I thought I thought you liked that. Nah, I don't know. Most people rub their temples and stuff when they think, but not you. No, I, well, I mean, no, why would I rub my temples? Yeah, true. Uh, you guys are listening uh, to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 283. It's brought to you by the Give Me Five patrons, one of whom got to go on a special field trip with me recently. Ooh. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, if you want to become a patron, and don't, you don't have to go on any field trips with me, uh, you go to patreon.com slash give me five podcast. What if I want to go on a field trip with uh, Then you have to get to our uh, $5 level. I'm cheap. semi-entertaining show talk about very entertaining things uh yeah we talk about whatever we possibly can in the world of pop culture and pop culture news and new releases and uh future releases in this case so uh my name is spider-man and i'm joined by spider-man we reached deep for that one yeah uh spider-man however is not able to be here no because uh, he's Away with the spider Gwen. Or Gwanda, I think, is what we go with. Uh, anyway, so this uh, week we are going to talk. Yes, the, a fish called Gwanda. Uh, this week we're talking about the soon-to-be-released Flash movie. Uh, because it came out, and I got a chance to do a sneak preview. And... It and by was... sneak preview, he means he snuck into someone's house to watch a screening. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was really hard eating popcorn when dressed as a plant. But you know, now I got a chance to do one of the sneak previews through a local comic shop. Uh, actually, I tried to do one two weeks ago, but we were like ten people away from the door when they realized they were full. So Damn. we got priority seating for the next one so i was supposed to do it at the altamont mall i ended up doing it at the Oviedo mall okay and um as a result uh i got it you know it's it's it, it was interesting because i've done these for a while but i most of the time that i've done the sneak previews it was before internet made things so easy to pirate mm. so they were like super super worried about that and like you couldn't have your cell phone like out at all um, like under, on your lap, nothing. Did they have uh, people walking around watching the whole time? Nice. I don't know how they saw, but like my uh, yeah, because my child has has my old cell phone, so it's like big, bigger than the pocket, his pocket. So it was just like he put it on his lap. They said no. He put it under his leg. They still said no. So I had to like fill up my pants with like cell phones. Um, you as to a, fill up your pants. Yeah, as opposed to, uh, you know, when I fill up my pants with cell phones when I sneak into the AT&T store after hours. Uh, 
But anyway, so I got a chance to see Flash. We will be talking about that. There will be absolutely zero spoilers on that review because, you know, only, what, a few thousand people in the world have seen it. So get a chance to do that. Uh, we're also going to talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I also wrote Spider-Man like eight times for some reason. Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, Spider-Man. I copy-pasted the name after typing the name, I guess. Uh, we'll hit on the Ted Lasso finale. Uh, series finale, actually. Uh the TV show FUBAR, which I just uh, watched the first episode of last night, just so I could chime in as well. Not bad, right? I Had it not been three in the morning when that first episode got over, I would have been watching the second episode. I really wanted to, to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they'll get into it, but a lot of aggression on the daughter's part that mm-hmm. at the moment seemed a little uh, changed from earlier in the show when you see her. But anyway, we'll talk about that. Uh, and a uh, new Cartoon Network series called Unicorn Eternal Warriors. Or Warrior Eternal. Warriors Eternal. Worlds. I okay, wrote it well. backwards. Yeah, well, that's okay. At least you didn't write Spider-Man 18 times. <laughs> so, this is a review show, and there's possibly going to be some spoilers. Like like uh, Greg said, we will avoid spoilers on Flash, as the movie has actually not been released yet, and no one has had an opportunity to see it. We're not that kind of an asshole. But if we are talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, you might want to use your own discretion, come back later, pause it, do whatever you want to do, you know, dance with a monkey, uh, watch a movie, read a book, um, berate Greg while he poops, you know, those kind of things. Um, You've been warned. That works. Uh, So what about uh, news? Well... I uh, there there is there is a couple of things on here. Uh first and foremost, um anyone who grew up in the 80s who followed wrestling lost an icon today. Yes, that's right. The Iron Sheik has passed away. I believe he was 81. I I mean, I still remember watching the Iron Sheik as a kid. I mean, my my memories of wrestling as a kid were Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. Giant cartoon characters, uh, over-the-top, uh, thematic-type things. Nothing nothing like today where most of the stuff is pulling, you know, just not pulling from the headlines, which... Uh, and, and Andre It was Giant. so much fun. I can't believe I ever got Andre the Giant and Roddy Piper. Yeah, true, true. Uh, see, I didn't actually watch wrestling back then, admittedly. I, was, I watched the cartoon about wrestling back then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I've been extremely obsessed, and I've talked about it on the show, with the the biographies of these various people. Um, particularly the one about Iron Sheik was really good because it goes into the fact that, like, he was, like, in Iran as the bodyguard of the Shah of Iran right before he was deposed and, I believe, murdered. I don't know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And he was an Olympic athlete. I mean, that dude had an amazing chin when he was younger. Like, I don't know, it's a, he just looked like that... Atlas guy that used to sell the uh, the healthcare like weight lifting serums and stuff in the old comic uh-huh. books, but uh, he was pretty much instrumental in making Hulk Hogan who Hulk Hogan became. Oh, absolutely! Any any good face to be memorable has to have a solid heel. You you can't have one without the other. They they have to have someone who plays off of their shtick so to mm-hmm. speak 
Yeah. And you got every all American good, hero, every good hero has the... a good villain. Every good villain has a good hero. Yeah. You get your all American hero, Hulk Hogan, and uh Sergeant Slaughter. You need your Cold War Russian villain, uh, and your, you know, Iran during the ri- the uprising. I forget what it's called, the revolution. I, I guess it was a revolution. Oh, was, wasn't there the Iran Contra affair going on then too? No, that was later. That was uh that was the trial about what was going on. It was the when this was going on, it was the hostage situation. Oh, okay. Um, and of course the the revolution when the Shah was overthrown and the Ayatollah Khomeini was put in. Um, so yeah, they uh, he he uh, never broke character. Even like I followed and I'm him. Sad, I missed his Twitter account because apparently his Twitter account is a fucking riot. Oh yeah, and like he will just randomly tweet. Uh, I followed just him weird shit. Well, he would just randomly tweet, like, fuck Hulk Hogan. Like, two in the morning. Just like he woke up and would roll over and say, fuck Hulk Hogan. <laughs> uh, he, I know he had a recent, not too recent, but a few years ago, they did the a Royal Rumble with, like, uh, gimmicks. So, like, mm-hmm. Doink the Clown and Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. And they actually, he actually won it because he, his legs were so bad from all the years of working and wrestling and everything mm-hmm. that he couldn't go over the top rope without probably breaking a hip and ending up in the hospital like dead basically mm. so they ended they had him win but it was just it was cool seeing all those dudes back in the ring um yeah it was sad to see that yeah. uh if you uh a e i think biography they do the bio, the wwe wrestling biographies it was very recent the iron Sheik one is definitely worth the watch all of them were great but yeah that well, and speaking of documentaries, there is a there's one that I've heard about a couple of times that I'm actually really kind of interested in checking out. I don't know if you've heard anything about it, but it's a new it's a new one of the uh, ESPN thirty for thirties. Okay, about the American Gladiators. Ooh, did not see that. Yeah, yeah i I don't know too much about it, but it goes in depth about the show and everything. And you know, they're like, "Oh, it was a given that everybody was on stair." I used to love watching that show. And their stupid ass names like Zap. <laughs> yes, Blazer. Laser, yeah. taser. <laughs> yeah, there could be that we had not come up with a top five question, but you mentioned wrestling rivalries. You could do top five wrestling rivalries. Oh, there you go. So maybe we'll do that later in the episode. We'll see. All right. Uh, in honor of the Iron Sheik, I am going to put my wife in the camel clutch later this evening. Um, Wait, so you're just... going to clutch her camel? No, no, I'm going to I'm going to put her in the camel clutch. Oh, okay. Um, so we'll see how that goes. That's it. That's a. That's actually a joke there. that I stole from Reddit. I can't, I can't take credit for that. But I thought it was funny. So, anyway, uh, what else we got? Uh, um, fun little note. There is a new game on the horizon that I am very excited about. Being a Magic player, and being a fan of Disney, you you are aware that there is a new. Disney trading card game on the horizon. It's due out in August called Lorcana, correct? Yes. Do you know who the maker of Lorcana is? Uh, well, no, although I can read the screen, but I'll pretend I don't know because I wouldn't. It is, it is created and produced by Ravensburger, who was uh, contracted by Disney to do it. They make oh, good, uh, good puzzles, Ravensburger. Mm-hmm. They also make good games because they're the, they're the ones who made um, Horrified. Oh, okay. Um, apparently Upper Deck has just filed a lawsuit against Ravensburger 
for quote unquote stealing Lorcana. And I don't know, I don't know any of the specifics. They didn't really post any of them, but basically it, they're saying that a former employee of Upper Deck took a game that they were working on to Ravensburger and that game turned into Lorcana. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how Upper Deck would have had the Disney property to be able to do that, but I guess they 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 must have stolen like the base idea, the mechanics and stuff like that. Allegedly. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of these games are so similar anyway. I mean, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see we'll see what develops. That I'm curious as to whether or not uh Ravensburger is going to be able to sell Lorcana in August. It's uh due out in August at game shops and then uh September first at Shop Disney. So we'll and uh, you've goes. seen pictures of the card. Well, you own the, some of the cards. I own a couple of the cards, actually. I was at D23 when they were selling the um, the promo set. And I got one of the promo. Actually, I got two of the promo sets. And I, and I got one for Mr. Scott. And I got one for myself. Is that another patron that got benefits? It is. It is another patron who got some benefits. Nice. Uh, well, I guess it's uh, time to talk about the embarrassment it is Florida. It is time for WTF. Welcome to Florida. Yeah. I was going to try to find a way to talk about benefits, but there are no benefits here. No one benefits in these situations. No. Uh, well, we do because we get to talk about it. Uh, oh, well, there's that. A Florida man was arrested for crashing his truck into a fire hydrant. I had his dog, too. Um, so you think, well, okay, why is that ridiculous? Well, let's continue. I was going to uh, say, that's not so ridiculous, Greg. Yes. Tell me more. Yeah. Uh, he tra- crashed into a fire hydrant at a Flagler County. Flagler County, that one's... A lot of these stories happen there. Uh, <laughs> uh, county racetrack, not the actual racetrack, but a gas station called Racetrack is what we have in this. Oh, area. yeah, 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 okay. Um, uh, he... It, oh, there's also... I didn't even see this part. Uh, when it when it did it, it basically caused a flood because of all the water. Um, when he got out of the, the car, he... The, or the truck, they were aware that he definitely was intoxicated. Um, then he decided that he didn't want to deal with the police after this, so he uh, grabbed for the gun of the police officer. And uh, in doing so, he missed because he was, you know, drunk and stumbling and grabbed the police officer's uh, genitals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and <laughs> now I saw some of the cam footage here and it's, you know, when someone, when you see cam footage, the, 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 uh, chest cam or whatever mm-hmm. for the police officer, it's all when Body something cam. is actually happening, it looks like someone like that doesn't, it looks like what happens when you like are playing a first person shooter and you put your controller down or something and it like, you're looking at the ground and looking at the sky and everything's all over the place. Uh, in this case, uh, that's what the footage looked like, but you could hear with a little bit of bleeping, and I'm pretty sure, what was it that he said? Uh, please stop grabbing my penis. Oh, get your hand off my penis, was what the police officer said. Uh, yes, get your Honestly, hand. Honestly, I'm surprised you said penis and not dick. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely swearing. Um, or the person that did the, for News Channel, Fox, whatever, did the, uh, uh, might have gone a little heavy on the bleeping. Anyway, uh, yeah, don't uh, grab a police officer's penis unless you're, I guess, married to said police officer. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. Don't drink and drive and 
yeah. I think that's kind of where we're at. So what now? Oh, I got to talk about uh, Ted Lasso. I didn't actually yeah. prepare any. I didn't actually prepare anything for this, but oh well, but I will. I'll talk. Now, is this is was this the series finale or was this just a season finale? So this was the series finale. Oh, so uh, Ted Lasso's done. Uh, kinda. We're not sure yet. All right, so then it's not a series finale. So, it was no it, uh, spinoff. Okay. It would be a spinoff. Ted Lasso, the character is done. So Ted Lasso, kind of the feel good show of the past, I guess, three or four years. It's gone three seasons. Uh, very big surprise, uh, uh, I guess, ratings thing for Apple TV, and it won a ton of awards. It deserved all of them. Uh, it was, it was definitely for me one of those shows that I was watching it on my lunch break in the afternoons. I didn't even wait for that evening when it came out, or I would wa- wait up until midnight to watch it. Then, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Mandalorian as well. Um, but if you don't know, well, if you really don't know, you're probably living in a hole at this point, but it's basically an American uh, Southern football coach gets hired by a British soccer slash football, like British football team to coach their soccer team. He has no idea what he's doing, but it, but the owner of the team is kind of like the owner in the movie Hot Shots, where she's, she wants to run the team into the ground. But okay. not because she wants to in hot shots or not hot. Why did I say hot shots? You, major you league, mean, um, major, major league. league. Uh, yeah. I don't know how I mixed up the my uh, Charlie Sheen's, but um, yeah. So she wants to run it in the ground, but only because her ex husband is a grade A douchebag and left her, and the soccer team is the only thing he actually loved. So she wants to destroy it, and that's what she ended up getting in the thing. Turns out that Ted Lasso. Uh, is willing to delegate and which makes this show very realistic because he actually has he's kind of the positive person that keeps the team going and he has actual people that know what they're doing doing it i mean obviously it's a show so it is what it is uh season three definitely uh it was a longer season i believe it cleaned up a lot of the the loose ends and stuff like that um and i thought it did a good job some people are, are complaining about it i I'm not sure why the the last episode was good. Uh, it was, but I knew it was the last episode, and it's a show because it's a show I love. There was like this kind of overlying sadness over the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it's not just because of the Ted Lasso character, but the show did a really good job of making like all of the characters great. Like it wasn't like yeah, I'll miss Ted Lasso's positiveness. He was kind of he's going through a divorce at this time, and. They did some really good stuff with like his ex-wife and his kid are back in Nebraska and he's over in England and the kid is kind of acting out a little bit and he needs to get back to him. So that's kind of uh, spoilers. That's kind of how it ends. He finishes up the season. Uh, but everyone really gets kind of gets their story. Um, the okay. the old owner, actually the old owner, I didn't realize it until this season because he's a complete and utter asshole. You know, always hitting on people. He does the, the private bar parties, the VIP room, so that he can get away from his, his next wife and, like, hook up with people, and he's just terrible. He was Giles from Buffy. Like, I had... Oh, really? Two seasons to get to... Like, you would never recognize him. But I'm like, who plays this guy? And I was like, oh. Uh, his... And then his ex-wife, the one that owns the team, is actually the Grey Nun from uh, from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, hold on. Wait, I can do it. 
One moment. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, there we go. Shame. There we go. Shame. Shame. So nice. her. Yeah. Uh, she's great. Keely is. Um, well, I'm not going to go through all the characters, but everyone has their story. But the team themselves. There are so many great characters in there that I'm going to miss them. Like I kind of feel like Ted Lasso's story finished. But the individual players on the team, like some of them I think we were only just touching the story. Like mm-hmm. um, there's a, a character I love, Sam Obasanya. He's, a, he's like a Nigerian player. And his whole story was that one, one of the companies that wants to sponsor the team and get their name on the front of the jersey, like decimated his, his home country. For to like to basically destroy it ecologically for oil. There's no real company names or anything, obviously. And they want to sponsor it. So like he has like this thing where it's like who this one mid level player on the team, should he have a say in who's sponsoring the team? And then and it because of that, like this billionaire comes in and is like, I want you to because of what you did, I want you to play for our team. But he's a dick too. So like there's there's like a lot of really like cool um interplay and makes like these characters really really good mm-hmm. um the the pretty boy character like his uh, is jamie tart and of course all uh, this because of when the show came out all of the people in the stands whenever he's got the ball they're like jamie tart do, 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 jamie tart like the british <gasps> soccer chants okay and he starts off as like this the pretty boy he you know doesn't you know, he's always give me the ball that kind of thing and he has this and his turnaround is great throughout the show uh, Roy Kent is the, the standout. People love him because he's just this gruff, angry former, like, soccer player that just everyone was scared of. And his, you know, he just he's known for just being like fuck. Um, he just he has a great um story arc. So all of them really do. And I think this is based on today. Uh, this character played by a uh, comedian slash actor Nick Muhammad. And he started off, he was like the, the kit man, the guy that gets the lockers all set up and washes the jerseys and all that stuff. Right. But it turns out he knows a lot about soccer. And then he gets too big for his britches and decides to go work for the other team. And then he's part of that, like going to the VIP room to hook up with somebody. And he, so he quits the team and comes back as the kit man again. But his character was, was, had a great arc. And then today he actually tweeted, um, something about like how Ted Lasso the show specifically left a lot of threads open for the potential of spin-offs and he did the little emoji i think of if i remember correctly of the big wide eyes like Ugh. so um hopefully there will be more because um i just love all those all the characters uh you know i've i've seen season 1 and 2 i think 3 times each so uh looking forward to more if there is an opportunity Excellent. That sounds worth, like a lot worth, of fun. Worth the week. Uh, it's it's just like while I did mention you know some things that involve protest and stuff like that. It's the show exists in a very different world, a very brightly colored positive world with dark edges. But it's kind of like the dark edges, like we joke around on the podcast. You know, like well, this isn't a joke, but saying like you know Omar was caught in a room full of naked llamas, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like there's the occasional like well, that, I mean that happened. Yeah, it's got those kind of jokes where like there's the, the assistant coach is like very sexually ambiguous. 
and like they just kind of accept it. Okay. Like he'll like like in the last episode, the episode starts off where they're all in the kitchen of of Rebecca's house. She's the the owner, and he walks in and he's wearing like a woman's thong. And all right, and uh, with his girlfriend, they were I guess, and it, they the assumption was that they had like a big like sex party or something. It's not really what it was, but and then the cleaning lady gets there, and she's like she sees him and like she's like uh yeah I'll I'll start in the guest bedroom and he's like uh. No, <laughs> he like runs no, out of the room. No, you, uh, you, you don't. Want you don't to. want to start in the guest bedroom. So it was just little gags like that, but it's good. So, uh, are we talking about unicorns now? We can. Well, well, not necessarily unicorns, but a uh, a friend of mine turned me on to this series that just came out on Cartoon Network called Unicorn Warriors Eternal. It actually came out on May fifth, and they're releasing new episodes, I believe, weekly. Um, it's on Cartoon Network. It it was created by Gendy Tartakovsky. Is that the Samurai guy? It actually is. And I didn't realize that when I first started watching it. Because I'm like, man, this has like a weird, uh, this has kind of like a Samurai Jack vibe to it. And then I saw, and then I found out who created it. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> that tracks. Um, it, uh, it does star Hazel Dupe. George Webster, uh, Gray Griffin, Damari Hunt, Tom Milligan, Milligan, sorry. Um, and it follows it follows a team of ancient like superheroes. First episode starts off like way in the past, um, but they're protecting the world from this you know nebulous dark force or whatever, and. And throughout history, they they basically keep coming back. They've basically been uh, recruited, I guess, by this other force, the unicorns. And they send this servant after them. Um, Merlin is involved. He, I, I don't know if he created it. We haven't gotten that far into it yet. Um, there's a mechanical servant that carries this unicorn medallion. And basically all throughout time the mechanical servant goes and finds the reincarnated souls, basically of these heroes and basically reawakens them. And then their original souls take over the body of whoever it was that, you know, inhabits their, their, uh, like, I know I've said souls so many times, but, Mm -hmm. um, and this one follows the most recent reawakening. And the problem is, is that they've, reawakened too early so they don't have all of their memories they don't have access to all of their powers and they're still trying they're trying to figure things out so to speak um it's actually not bad i mean i'm enjoying it it's not too terribly in depth there's not a whole lot to it other than you know that storyline um and it, it, I'm only, I think I'm only like five episodes in right now. That's all. That's all that had been released. Um, but one of the, uh, one of the big uh, plot lines right now is that the, the heroine, um, not the drug, the, the female hero, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the heroine was actually on her way to get married to her, to her childhood, uh, childhood boyfriend or whatever. And she's on the altar when this mechanical servant breaks in and converts her to the to the hero 
and so the the, uh, the fiance is now following her around, like every episode, just chasing her down, trying to be like, "No, you're my girl. You love me." And and uh, she's like, "I don't know who that is anymore. That's not me." And and then on top of that, she's she's the lover of one of the uh, other warriors who who uh, has been reawakened as well. And now they're kind of feuding, so that's that's an ongoing thing. The the current fiance and then the the longtime lover of the of the eternal warrior. So, like I said, it's kind of in the vein of Samurai Jack. It it's got a similar animation style, not quite exactly the same. Uh, Samurai Jack was really stylized as well, um, but it's not bad. I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's it's worth watching. It the the episodes aren't terribly long. I want to say they're somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty thirty minutes. I believe you're muted. I am muted. <laughs> As you're just talking away and I was I was saying uh to no one at all. Actually saying to my empty room and I've been on a bit of an animation kick recently. Oh, okay. Uh, and you know because I've been watching, as I told you before, the the Rebels episodes just to get ready for Ahsoka. Saw a new commercial mm-hmm. for Ahsoka this evening. Actually it was during the uh, NBA finals and uh better than the game, mind you. Um, did Denver win? I I turned it I I turned it off because I switched my as you know I switched my cable to internet cable so I didn't want to be you know ah ruining the our bandwidth <clears throat> but they were down by like fourteen so yeah with like a minute and forty four seconds left so yeah it wasn't looking good yeah so anyway uh. Speaking of animation, we will talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which came out this past weekend. Somehow I didn't copy that over, but um, directed by Joaquim Dos Santos, uh, brother of uh, Joaquim Uno Santos. (laughs) Uh, Kemp Powers and Justin K. Thompson, uh, starring uh, Shamik Moore as, as of course, uh, Miles Morales. Uh, Brian Tyree Henley, Haley Steinfeld, who plays Spider-Gwen, but as I told you earlier, also is one of the many characters in this that have also been other characters in uh, actually Brian Tyree Henry as well um in the Marvel universe so it's kind of interesting. She's Kate Bishop. She's Kate Bishop, uh Brian Tyree Henry is the the IKEA uh, eternal guy. Mm-hmm. Um but uh Luna Laura Lauren Velez, Jake Johnson, Oscar Isaac who is Moon Knight uh, and, and Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh Jason Schwartzman, Issa Rae, Daniel Kaluuya who is uh I forget his name. The guy that that tamed the rhinoceroses in Black Panther, um, who then kind of disappeared from the later mm-hmm, movies. Mm-hmm. But um, him, uh, Karen Sony, Shay Wiggum, Mahershala Ali, Blade, and uh, uh, Prowler in this. Amanda St- Amanda Stenberg and Andy Samberg. Amanda Stenberg is uh, she was a child actress, and well, she still kind of is. But because uh, I re- I recognized the name, and when I looked it up, I was like, oh, it's her. Now I have to look it up because it's going to drive me nuts. I was going to write it down, but uh, she was – oh, she was uh, the little girl in The Hunger Games. That's what she was. Oh, okay. Uh, Rue. Yeah, yeah, she was Rue. So anyway, uh, so uh, if you saw Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse – or the first one, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, it was a very interesting movie above and beyond. It had a very cool style. Uh, so it gave some people in this particular chat headaches. Um, mm-hmm. But – 
it really, I mean, I think that year it was definitely my number one animated movie of that year. Um, but I think it ended up being in my top one or two movies that year in general. Um, and I have, and I'm always interested as how this stuff will hold up. Cause that one, like I've watched that movie probably more than any other movie since that point. Cause I, I put it on a lot just when I'm working and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's again, soundtrack based, uh, but um, my kid loves it too, so I ordered that. So anyway, I was very interested in how they're going to do this because that movie had so much stuff crammed into it, so many in jokes, so many different Spider Man, of course, all that stuff. I was very interested to see what they did. Um, did I actually do the synopsis? I didn't. Oh my god, I'm terrible. Uh, Miles Morales catapult. Did I do that? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, yeah, I didn't think so either. Uh, I had it highlighted as if I did, but. Uh, Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he counters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle the new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. So, yeah, there's just a bunch of Spider-Man, and for some reason, almost every Spider-Man has been contacted for this, including Spider-Gwen, but not Miles Morales. And I don't know if this was a YouTube video thing, but I'm going to brag on my kid here because we watched the original one before, and... He called the plot of this movie based on watching the previous movie. Really? Yep. So he's watching the movie, done. and Miles gets bitten by the spider, right? And when he goes back to get the spider, because he's trying to figure out what happened to him and like why he's not feeling well, he gets to it, and it glitches. It goes <laughs> when it's on the screen. And it does this like weird like pixelated paper mm-hmm. square thing. So that happens, and Ethan looks at me, and he's like, that spider's not from this universe. That's probably what this next movie is going to be about. Dang. So, Miles Morales, in, in this movie, is not contacted by the spider thing because he is one of the anomalies because he got bitten by a spider from a different universe. So, that's kind of the, the point of why people are after, but they don't know necessarily what to do with him because he is from that one universe. His powers are from the other universe. So they can't just send his powers back because um, they're sending people back to where they're supposed to be. So um, it's really good. There's a ton of just fun little cameos. There's um, – for I'll start with my favorite one. Mrs. Chen is in this movie. Mrs. Chen, I want to eat Mrs. Chen. Venom, Mrs. Chen. Oh, no, really? So at one point – uh, the spot, the bad guy, go, he can teleport into different places. He teleports into Mrs. Chen's shop, and she is not super happy with having a pack of gum stolen because she, of course, has to deal with Venom. <laughs> He's not in it, but but I was like, yes! Uh, so the whole point of this, this uh, movie, by the way, is that there are certain things that always have to happen. It is a, considered a canon event regardless of, of any universe like... You know, Spider-Man will always have to get bitten. He will have to lose someone that he loves, that kind of thing. Those are considered canon events. If those mm-hmm. get broken by someone being out of place or, like, Miles Morales showing up at a certain location and stopping it from happening, and that ruins that universe, and it basically causes that universe to be destroyed. It's kind of typical stuff, like, with time mm-hmm. travel or different universes. Um, the Spot character is able to teleport and i i was like when they do this like when a side character um shows up in a movie so i don't know if you you probably don't remember because you've only seen it once but 
I forget at a certain point when Miles Morales is running through something, he throws, I think a bagel at someone's face to try to get away. And they decided to take that character and make that character into the spot. And the character was like a maintenance guy in the big like teleporter thing that the Kingpin was working on in the first movie. Oh, okay. So he gets the powers from that. So it's a perfect tie-in. It's great. And I always like when they are able to pull some background character. Um, so they did that. Uh, they're showing – they show the facility. It's kind of like a Men in Black type situation where people are like capturing the aliens and sending them back. But in this case, it's Spider-Man. Uh, you see uh, Donald Glover as Shocker again. He was in uh, one of the Spider-Man movies, the, one of the Garfield Spider-Man movies, I think. Um they're all. They're also getting rid of Spider-Man villains, as I, the Shocker. Uh, let's see, uh, Grizzly. Uh, there's a Rhino. There's a Craven. Uh, Green Goblin. But you know which Green Goblin they used? No. Remember the old. You remember the old Atari game? Like where the Green no. Goblin was just. There's like an old Atari Spider-Man game, and the Green Goblin was literally, literally just a stack of like green squares. <laughs> and so they have him in it, just in like a cage, getting ready to be shipped away. It's really fun little stuff there um, uh, because of uh, Peter Porker, Spider-Ham. Uh, they have Moose Stereo, which is Mysterio that's a uh, talking moose. So right. they, have all, they even have some – they even have the uh, one from the, the Insomniac Spider-Man. The, that's the video game one with the white spider logo and stuff or the mm-hmm. like white elements on his thing. Uh, very random, but they they even have like stuff from the comics. So it wasn't – it's not just like – of course, the ones on TV shows and cartoons and stuff. So they have the Scarlet Spider in it. Um, he's the the Ben Riley Spider clone, and it's of course when they tried to make Spider Man all dark and brooding in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So he's so he sounds like he's just over the top, like Batman, or as I said earlier, like the the Coon episode of uh, South Park. It's like I am the night, <laughs> like like I know I'm gonna stay out here in the rain, but it's and it's Andy Samberg, so he goes kind of does over the top stuff. Uh, there's a couple other little quick things. Uh, there's a sequence at the very beginning, the first, like, boss battle. You know, they always introduce the characters with a big fight. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a Renaissance-era vulture. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've seen the, the figure, like, the, the pop figure at, like, Target and what. Oh, wow. I didn't actually see that. It's cool. So he, of course, looks like he's on parchment the whole time. And, like, all of his weapons and stuff, like, have gears and ropes. And it's really cool. It's that would be if that was an actual action figure it's a must buy it looks so cool and it's like the old man one as well um there's a joke too there's like there was some joke that made that like cracked me up right from the get go cuz it's you know he doesn't he's like italian or whatever but whatever it is i forget it now um so i forget what i was where i started with that but um oh that was it the uh um there's a lego sequence in it as well and the Lego sequence actually had a really cool story behind it where when the first teaser trailer came out, some kid that liked doing stop motion – he was like 14 years old. He liked doing stop motion Lego stuff, mm-hmm. um, did it, and like recreated the trailer in Legos, and it kind of blew up on the internet. So the people that worked on this movie actually called him and added in a whole sequence of uh, Lego stop motion that this kid shot, 14-year-old, him and his dad did a part and – as is went right into the movie wow yeah that's awesome it's really cool and of course um the people behind this movie is phil lord who did the lego movie so there's a little bit there uh also introduced the 
Punk Spider-Man, who mm-hmm. uh, is probably the one figure I'll actually get from this line, speaking of Legends. But the Punk Spider-Man, love him. That's Daniel Kluwa who plays him. But he has my, one of my favorite lines in the movie. He's, he's like over the top Punk. So at one point, they're like, hey, we got a gang together to do this. And he's like, I don't believe in teams. And Spider-Gwen's like, you're in a band. It's like, I don't believe in consistency. I was like, yeah. that's like every punk person I've ever met. Like, I want to be different. And why do you look like all of your friends? Uh, different from you. Like, no. Um, but anyway, uh, it was it was great. It had the second biggest opening of 2023. Oh, nice. What was the first biggest? The who opening? has the first biggest opening? Omar. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Mario was number one. Uh, oh, okay. It's actually already, like, reached, I think, the the full numbers that the original one made? No, it's not that. But it's it's doing bang-up business. Like, it's already paid its budget, and it hasn't even opened in another place that it's going to be huge in, and that's Japan. Oh, yeah. And there's actually an Indian Spider-Man who's really cool. Uh, he's actually a great character. Uh, in the He's fun. He uses one of those, you know, that string with the, like, um, little, like, cup thing that you can, like, flip it around and stuff? Like you see it, you see people the playing with it, like street. No, nah, it's like a, it's like a toy that people will like. It's got like a spool almost, and you got a string, and you can like flip it up in the air and catch it and stuff. Like that's oh how... yeah 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 yeah. Um, like you see it at like Renaissance fairs and in yeah, street fairs, or like... or even uh, Cirque du Soleil. They do. yeah yeah yeah. So he's like that's his weapon instead of like spider shooters. It's it's, it's he's a great character as well, but um, so that uh. When that movie opens up in in the east, it will uh, do even more. But one bad side had no idea this was a part two, or had, sorry, I knew it was a part two. Had no idea this was a part one of two. Gotcha. Because I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, this is really like it was good. I'm like this is really long for a movie, and we're nowhere near cleaning this up because they introduced a brand new character like right at the end. Mm. Or <laughs> reintroduced technically, the Prowler shows up at the end. Spoiler, but. It's different. Oh my god! Thanks for the warning, you dick. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, like he shows up at the end. I'm like, okay, well, why are they doing this now? The movie's about like, that's like a whole other hour. And then it says, then something happens, and it's like to be continued. I'm like, huh? And I thought because this movie has like all sorts of weird, fun little in jokes that like Spider Man is gonna swing in and be like, no, never mind, forget uh, it. Yeah, but no. Apparently, it uh, is going to the next one comes out. Um, it is a planned trilogy. Uh, the next one will come out in March. So I almost have to wait a year uh, on that. And um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I will definitely watch this one a bunch too because there's a million things to see. and It's just a beautifully done movie. Hell yeah. And now. That's all. Do you have anything else? Or is it we, I do. Um, I I actually started watching a new uh, new series on Netflix oh, yeah, that yeah, I, yeah. I was kind of interested in. And it, it, I mean, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it it's on Netflix. It was released May 25th. The series is called FUBAR. And it also stars Monica Barbaro, uh, Milan Carter, Gabriel Luna, Fortune Feimster, Femster, Feimster, Travis Van Winkle, Fabiana Udenio, uh, Barbara Eve Harris, Aparna Brielle, Jay Baruchel, Scott Thompson, Andy Buckley. 
the the basic premise is that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a CIA operative who is retiring and ends up discovering a family secret when he's called back into the field for one last job. Dun, dun, dun. Man, I'm supposed to retire this week. All right, Murtaugh. That's, um, that's what a movie they should do is a movie where it's all characters that were supposed to retire, like Dante from Clerks, or wasn't supposed to be there that day. Mm-hmm. Officer mm-hmm. Murtaugh from uh, yep. Lethal Weapon. Like any number of horror people, like they can do that and like figure out who dies first. Yep. V- versus uh, John Wick. <laughs> now I <laughs> versus John Wick. Have you seen the clip with uh, with? Thanos uh, taking the Infinity Stone. It, it's a. It was a um, uh, Instagram video or something that I saw, where they hide the uh, they hide the Infinity Stone in a dog, and Thanos just kills the dog to take the stone. And he's like, "Ah, you just hit it in a dog. I'll kill the dog." And he takes it. And he's like, "I will rule the universe now." And then some guy walks in, and John Wick goes, "Hey, has anybody seen my dog?" And Thanos is like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I think you did um, send that to me actually. Yeah. So I I actually am really enjoying this show. Um, I know that you said you only watched the first episode, but uh, I did watch it, the first episode because I, one I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, yeah, T two is one of my all time favorite movies. So yeah, it, it, it and that one's a great that that's one that's routinely thrown up as one where the sequel is better than the original. Yep, but the um, the series is actually pretty good. I mean, I like I said, I'm enjoying it. It draws you in from the first episode, and. I mean, we're we're going to give you a little bit of a spoiler here, but I mean, in the first episode, the family secret that he finds out is, you know, his family has thought for years that he was just selling gym equipment. And he finds out that his daughter is actually an agent as well. And, you know, that for years they've been trying to keep them apart and not have them on the same mission, but they're both top agents in the in their field. They both work out of the same uh, field office. And they live in the same city. So it and, you know, he's finding out that they've been hiding it from him. And he goes the way he finds out is he goes on this mission to take down one of the drug lords that he helped put into power, uh, you know, accidentally, kind of. And as he's there, he finds out that his daughter is actually on assignment there and her cover's been blown and he's there to try and extract her. But they don't tell him that it's his daughter until he gets there and sees her like in a fighting ring. You know, as she's like roughing it up with all the uh, with all the henchmen at this uh, drug lord's compound, and and all the hijinks that ensue from there. It's it it's like I said, it's actually a pretty enjoyable show. I'm I'm having a lot of fun watching it. And what what are you thinking about it, Greg? So I I started watching it last night. It was going to be the last thing I watched that evening. <clears throat> Preparation for this uh, definitely had a, I would say, a true lies vibe to it. In some yeah, way. Um, I always like that family life of the spy type show. Uh, loved the first episode. I thought that the daughter was a little bit harsh when she found out the truth, considering what considering that she's doing the exact same. Considering thing. she's doing the, the same thing, and like, yeah, and they should both understand, like, right. that their job is literally the end of the world. So, you know, wow, you missed my ballet, my ballet recital, and I wasn't mad at you when it was when you were supposed to be selling exercise equipment on the road. But now that but I know now that, that I you know were, you were saving the world, fuck you, dad. Yeah, 
So that was a little bit weird, but of course it would hurt. I think it would have kind of hurt the storyline if they didn't have that aggression towards each other. Right. And I don't know where the show is going. But uh, after that first first uh, episode, I was like, I kind of want to watch more. But I looked at the clock; it was like three in the morning. I'm like, that's not a good idea. You're um, like, I gotta cut this short. Yeah, I mean, and now I'm here forced to talk to you instead of watching the rest of it. So um, you suck. Not but, as well as you do. True, true. I'll accept that. <laughs> I was, I was, I was trying to figure out, like, well, yeah, I'm good at that too. Okay, uh, but um, no, it's fun and it's great. I, I don't even remember the last thing I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger in. Maybe Expendables, maybe one of the random Terminator movies. I don't know, but very excited to see him. Yeah, was Expendables before or after the most recent Terminator movie? Uh, Who knows? Guess I'll look that up. Making me look stuff up. It's actually, it's funny that you say that. When I went to IMDb, the very first thing is Expendables 4. Ooh. Let's see. The last thing he was in uh, before this was, uh, well, he's going to be in Kung Fury 2, whatever that is. Uh, Little Demon? He was a voice. Uh, like, voice of Predator. Terminator Dark Fate was the last thing he was in. Why didn't, that, why didn't they advertising that as a bigger deal? Last thing he was on screen in was uh, was in nineteen or in two thousand nineteen. Well, I mean that was four years ago. But it's not like it was like a decade and a half. I mean, it's like the biggest actor on the planet for a while, and a governor. You know, whatever. I don't know. The governor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I liked it. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it. Yeah, it's 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 a fun watch. It's definitely worth watching. I would recommend it. If you're looking for something to do, uh would you say it's family friendly? No, it's actually the some of the violence is pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. So Head, heads I, exploding and stuff. Yeah, I would probably stay away from young kids. I mean, teenagers might be all right, but I like the villain. I like the story of the villain. The the drug dealer? Yes. Cuz it has a, that like you get the whole story right at the beginning, and they don't drag it out where he's like. So his uh, Schwarzenegger's character killed this guy's father when he was a kid, correct? Um, and then secretly put him through college at all the best colleges and did all the stuff, right. and hoping he would end up good. But he used he liked this... the kid. He liked the kid, and he left him without a father. So he kind of like secretly tried to help the kid along, and the kid ended up just taking over the father's business. And, but I thought like, oh, is it going to be this type of show where like Schwarzenegger is about to get caught and like jumps in a closet real quick or something. And they do that kind of someone walking in the room edit, but they, they find out real quick in the first episode. And I thought that was pretty good, a good way of doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Make it more of an action packed chase type movie than a. You know, spy yeah. So movie. if you, if you like, like the life of spy show, definitely check it out. It's, it's enjoyable and it's worth a watch. Nice. And, uh, now. I'm going to not spoil the Flash. So let's let's hear you not spoil the Flash. Yep. Because I I I will admit there are there are reservations about going to see it, but I'm if nothing else, I'm going to see it because of Michael Keaton. Yes, and they, as you can tell by the trailer, they really really hope that that is whatever. Yeah, else they is played doing. that up. Yeah. Uh, so the Flash. Uh, this is there's a lot here. Uh comes out june 16th not a time traveler got to see a sneak preview uh directed by andy machete 
Uh, he is he directed something awesome, which I didn't, which I forgot to write down. But he actually started off the sneak preview by saying this is not the final version of the movie. Much and I'm, and I'm really wondering what's going to change in the movie. There was a few things that were a bit clunky, a few things that I think went on too long, like sequences. Um, but I'm, I don't know how much they can change of that with two weeks to go before the prints have to get out. But we'll find out, I guess. Um, this movie has been in development for over for almost over four years, so four plus years. Uh, many things have happened. Of course, the DC universe crumbled because all of their tentpole movies sucked. Uh, people showed up into the world of the DC movies, then left because of either contract negotiations or didn't want to deal with it anymore. Or, you know, Ben Affleck and uh, who else? Uh, he did Mama and It Chapter Two. That's it was it. That's and yeah, Mama's uh, pretty pretty heavy. Um, so there's that, and then of course your reservations, I think, and my reservations definitely, Ezra Miller. Oh yeah, I initially did not like the hire of Ezra Miller as Flash because for me, Flash is is actually one of those characters that I feel has to look and be the way he has been in the comics because he was supposed to just kind of be yet another everyman. I liked Grant Gustin. I really wish. Yeah, I, I, I like Grant Gustin as well. But I, I always looked at Flash in the comics almost like an Archie character, like kind of Fair. nerdy Archie, like just, yeah. like, just. I don't know, all American guy. It's funny because Archie's being played by a British dude, but that can't quite be a cop because he's not big enough, and he works in a, in a, you know, uh, what's it called, the evidence chemistry lab, which is how he gets his powers, that kind of thing. Um. Ezra Miller is unique looking and also has a weird acting style and has a lot of problems. A lot of demons. A lot of demons. And if you have mental problems, that's fine. No one on this podcast is going to yell at you and mock you or anything like that. But if those demons are causing you to get in random fights at bars uh, or the thing that I really, really hate him for is – potentially kidnapping a mother and children and keeping them, which sounds way over the top and keeping them in like an area where there's uh handguns laying all over the place with a what four or five year old, mm-hmm. like unlocked up handguns. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. So I was really happy. I got to see this for free because I really would have had a hard time spending money on it just because of that. But I also saw something that he was actually paid up front, so he's not going to make any residuals on this. So you can safely go see the movie not knowing that a percentage of your ticket is going to him. Right. And and also, like I've said multiple times in the past, I mean, this this was already filmed. It was already it was already in production. Um or it was already in post production, if I'm not mistaken, when all of the issues yes. came out with Ezra Miller. Yeah. So that is I mean, I, I've said multiple times that it's not right to punish the company for for something that has already been bought and paid for, and he does after the fact and and basically puts a stain on it. Now, now I would blame the company if they decide not to recast him in any future future star or any future um, uh, features. Mm-hmm. But for this one, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily hold it against. Him. Yeah. Now. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna tell you everyone who's in this. I'm just gonna tell you that because they're, of course, it's 
another one of those things where you're going through multiverses, so you're going to see a bunch of different characters. I'm not going to ruin any of that spoiler stuff. But uh, Sasha Kaye is Supergirl. Uh, ben Affleck is in this, which is all this stuff is in the trailer, so it's nothing new. Ezra Miller, Michael Keaton, Michael Shannon. Uh, he, of course, is Zod. Uh, Ron Livingston is uh, the guy from Office Space, but he plays uh, uh, Flash's father in this. And Tamura Morrison is also in it, which I liked seeing him as not a clone trooper. <laughs> yep. Um, or Boba or uh, Jango Fett. Um, so uh, just stuff I can talk about. I really liked Sasha Kaye as Supergirl. Uh, yeah. The the trailer shows her in like bits and pieces where she has like the kind of hair over her eyes and you can tell that like she's been through some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like she's been in like a, a, a psych asylum or some shit. Again, no spoilers, but she's been somewhere, and she like they kind of keep that throughout the whole thing. Like you very rarely get to see her as her. Like at a certain point, you kind of do. But great, Michael Keaton is fantastic as Batman. Um, If they do not try to convince him to do a Batman Beyond series where he plays like retired uh, Batman with the in the future with the kid and stuff, they're stupid. Like roll yeah. up the truck because it would be great. Uh, he actually does the ex- he does the explanation of what's going on. It's very early in the movie, and he describes because every, like every time they do time travel movies, it's like everyone has their own take on it. So this one does it with uh, spaghetti, and he's like, you know, time could be like this. And he puts like hard spaghetti down, and then he pl- shows the spaghetti bowl, and he's like, but you, but as as time continues, you start seeing those inflection points where one piece of spaghetti crosses over the other one. So it's kind of like the the Marvel one where you see, uh, okay, what's her face, the the ball uh, karate woman showing uh, like the showing the, the lines breaking off into space. Yeah. The, oh God. Like the master, or the the ancient one, or something. Yeah, the ancient one. So it's yeah similar to that, but this is with spaghetti. So it's it's good. Um, the movie's great. I mean, and uh, honestly, you just heard my entire tirade, both of our tirades. Ezra Miller's fantastic in it. Uh, Likeable. Both of them are. uh, Because in the trailer, you see there's two of them. And there's there's an interesting reason as to why. So that's all great. Um, I can say uh, babies. Babies? Babies. Okay. Uh, Let's see what else. There's a very weird moment at the end where I'm like, what are they doing? And then it turned into a wow moment. So that I okay. thought that was very interesting. I do not know how they're going to show it because I think one of the limitations of this sneak preview thing was that there wasn't enough forewarning as to what was happening in that weird moment. So it didn't quite happen with a with a card that says like, you know, insert missing scene here kind of thing, but like there's a very drastic change in what's going on. And I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. Um, it's very interesting seeing this movie and then – because usually you see a movie and then you kind of don't really see the commercials as much anymore or you just kind of tune them out. But there's still a heavy amount of these commercials on. It was very interesting seeing the, the movie and then seeing the commercials for the movie and seeing like exactly how they're throwing you with what they're showing on the screen. And my my kid, of course, was like – it's weird that part's from this part and that part's from this part. They weren't there at the same time. Like, yeah, trailers will do that. And I think that he actually is a little angry now. <laughs> it's like commercials manipulate you. 
Mm. <laughs> about time you learned that, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's the point, bud. Yeah, right? Like, now if you'll excuse me, I'm going to have a delicious Diet Coke. <laughs> it's refreshing. Uh, well, I munch on some Doritos. Yeah, exactly. Cool Ranch. <laughs> the best type of Dorito, by the way. Um, uh, uh-oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I don't know that I can argue it. Okay, I I, I don't dislike. Well, there's some I dislike, but uh, Cool Ranch is my favorite. Um, let's see what else. Uh, there, there of course are your your surprises. There's definitely a pretty decent amount of humor in it, and you can tell that they took any time I was saw something in this movie where I was like, well, that was silly. Like, how would that happen or this? You could tell. That they've taken this four years and have everything that happens happens for a reason, like mm-hmm. camera shots. There'll be the camera shot on something, and it's like, okay, that's going to play a part of something. Like stuff that in a superhero movie is like, you're like, why are they spending so much time on this? Like, why would they? No wonder this movie's so long. And then later on, you're like, oh, that's what's going to happen. So that, I thought that was really cool. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, it's. When I came out of it, I, I think I gave it a pretty hard A, A minus. Um, there are a few things that may have gotten skewed by by cameos, Easter eggs, and stuff like that. But um, it was a really, really fun movie, and I don't know if I'll see it again in the theater, but I'll definitely watch it again when it's when it's out on yeah, streaming. I'm I'm definitely gonna go see it. No, I mean definitely see it in the theater. Everyone see it. In the, I mean I've seen it in the theater, so see it in the theater. It, it looks like it's a big screen type movie. So. It is, yeah. And it will abs- – and if you want to prep for it, um, I think the the big – the fun movie, watch Batman 89 again because there are a couple little things in there that they throw back to. That you want to get nuts? And not just lines but like mm-hmm. props that – yeah, we've had that conversation like what movie prop would you want? And like there's one I completely forgot about until I watched Batman 89 again. Like, oh, oh really? yeah. So, I'll tell you off air. Oh. But um, yeah, it's it's great. So if you have not, uh, if you are into the Flash, and you can get if you're into uh, comic movies or just big budget summer movies, uh, give it a chance. I think you'll like it. Excellent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I think that is going to wrap us up this week. Yeah, I, I did actually. Are we doing the top five? Because I did do one. Oh, you! Oh, well, I haven't. No, I didn't. I didn't do it while we were talking. Well, can I just do it then? Oh yeah, you can. You you can just say if you agree or don't agree. How about that? Okay. And if uh, I so come we, up with one, I'll mention it. Yeah. So uh, mine might be a little bit different than what yours is, but we mentioned top five um, usually when it's harder to do it when uh, when certain other hosts aren't here because of just division of labor and stuff. But um, we just so we did not. But then we mentioned wrestling, or Rob mentioned wrestling rivalries. And I was like, wow, that's a good idea. We can do that for a top five. So uh, top five wrestling rivalries. Um, in honor of the Iron – oops, I'm going backwards. Uh, this one is probably the one that may or may not get bumped. But um, my honorable mention is going to be uh, Edge and Christian and then uh, versus the Dudleys and the, versus the Hardys. That's why it's an honorable mention because it's a three-way okay. thing. And they basically invented the hardcore like ladder matches. and DLC. And TLC, and I love those. And Edge is yeah. still one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Rumor that he may be retiring for real. He, because okay. uh, he said he wants to retire in Toronto, and they they're going back to Toronto in the very near future. So, if you are an Edge fan, you can check it out. 
But uh, my actual top five, uh, this one I was kind of on the shell on the fence about, but um, I didn't get him in there at all. So uh, Cena versus Orton. I thought that um, Orton has been a good guy and a bad guy, Randy Orton. But I always liked when he antagonized John Cena. But that one's kind of up in the air because I also don't have the rock in here at all, which is a problem. Uh, number four should probably be higher, but Stone Cold versus McMahon. Okay. Um, I It fell a little bit just, just because of the... I like the boss employee kind of fight thing, but uh, Stone Cold could very clearly kick his ass, so they definitely had to go out of out of the realm and just torture mm-hmm. him a little. Uh, number that was four, uh, number three, Hitman Bret Hart versus HBK Shawn Michaels. Uh, huge rivalry, and of course, part of a giant conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't a conspiracy theory; it was real. But uh, the was it the uh, the Montreal Screwjob, I believe it is called. Yep. Huge deal. Look it up. Documentaries are made about it. Uh, so that's uh, where I th- that's uh, three. Uh, two. Undertaker versus Kane. Okay. So I was like, I like the dark stuff. And then my number one, Hulk Hogan versus the Iron Sheik. And I know Andre the Giant needs to be in there too, but um, Andre the Giant was always. I only really saw him after he was definitely too injured to be overly scary, other than his size. Mm-hmm. Um. So it could be Hulk versus Sheik or Hulk versus um, Andre, but I'm going to go Sheik just because of his. I want to say I don't want to say untimely passing, but his because of his passing. Are you angry okay. at me for any of those things? Um, no. Um, there were there were a couple. Um, I mean, you mentioned Stone Cold and McMahon, definitely a classic. Uh, another one that I really enjoyed was Stone Cold versus Kurt Angle. Ah, yeah. Because. Kurt Angle with the uh, with the All American Boy Scout routine and uh, going up against Stone Cold. One one of the funniest one of the things that I really laughed at was when Kurt Angle did his whole um, milk thing yes. instead of Stone Cold's uh, beer truck. Yeah, yes. I loved it. It, and Kurt Angle came out at one point with a milk truck and hosed everybody down with milk. Oh, that, that was theater hilarious. had to smell like ass the next day. Oh yeah, it did. Um. So that was one. Uh, definitely Hogan and Andre. Uh, you've also got Hogan and Piper, Hogan and Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people said Hogan and Macho Man, but they didn't face each other as much as you think. No. No, they did not. Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, the Rock versus Stone Cold was a big one. Yes, that was that was another one. And then there was also Mankind versus The Undertaker well which was obviously led to one of the most violent matches that ever made it on television one of one of the most memorable moments in wrestling without question is when mankind got thrown off the top of hell and mm-hmm. at least for me um and that's and that is that is the scene that i point to when people are like don't you know wrestling is fake like this dude and, has his tooth hanging out yeah. of his nose cuz got pushed through his lip yes and and I, I always, I'm, I'm that guy. I will, I used to always argue with people when they would say wrestling is fake and I would correct them and I'd be like, no, wrestling is not fake. And they would be like, oh my God. And I'm like, no, 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 wrestling is not fake. It's staged. There is a difference because they get hurt all the time. You don't get hurt doing something that's fake. They actually bash each other over the head with those chairs. 
are the chairs are the chairs designed to give way a little bit? Maybe, but they actually do break skin. They they're they do require stitches in the back. Um, you don't you don't die doing something that's fake. You don't you don't get paralyzed doing something that's fake. And if you do some of these moves wrong, you will get paralyzed doing these moves. Just ask Draws. There's a guy I I saw the video. It was horrific. It was a it was a Japanese wrestling thing. I think, mm-hmm. or maybe Mexican, but either it was recently in Rey Mysterio was part of the match. For the people out there that don't know what I'm talking about, Rey Mysterio's finishing move is the six one nine. Her setup move right. is six one nine. Uh, as where the guy falls on the ropes, draped over the ropes with his arms, wow, and then Rey Mysterio swings around the ropes and kicks him in the face. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy fell on, on his way down complete fluke the top of his forehead caught the rope above the one he was about to land on so the top rope i think and it broke his neck so when so when he laid there it looked like he was getting ready for the move but he was actually dead in the ring which is crazy and he was like Mm -hmm. he was like one of the top i think it was i think it was mexican maybe it was mexican wrestler but either way he was like one of the top mexican wrestlers and he died like in the ring in front of everybody which is crazy same thing with owen hart now that wasn't during a wrestling move. He was actually being lowered from the yeah. ceiling when his harness broke, and he fell. I think like thirty, thirty to fifty feet. And uh, it was a hundred thing... foot. It was a hundred foot to this top. I think. I just right, literally, but I he, literally was, watched he was the already he was already being lowered down. He was yeah. part way down when his harness broke, mm-hmm. and he fell the rest of the way. And the first thing he hit was his head on the turnbuckle, and he died like in the ring instantly. Yeah, it was. Uh... And they didn't stop the show. There's a documentary on that, which I on Hulu. I just watched it last night, actually. They, I mean, it was a pay per view event, and they may not have stopped the show, but they also did not show it. It, it wasn't one of those things where they kept they kept the cameras on him. You know, it was, the cameras kind of went away. Um, no footage of it, right? You you can't find any footage of it anywhere. I mean, it's kind of like the Demar Hamlin thing. Like as soon as they realized that something was wrong. It was like okay, no, we don't, we don't need to see this. Yeah, if you look up, uh, if you have Hulu, you have the access to this. Um, it's the dark side of wrestling. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it was a season two episode about it, and it, I mean, they show the clip. It was because it had the wrong. The whole thing happened. It was because it ha- he had the wrong clip on there. Because um, the people at wrestling didn't like in the previous times that he had done it that it took him a hard, a long time to unclasp the um, the correct clip from his back. So they used a quick release one that. Because because the nub that like you know when you close like a lock the little nub that goes into the lock part because it didn't because uh, it had to be quick release it wasn't as long as it should have been so you could actually dislodge it easily so what they think happened was he was trying to adjust his cape um, the guy the referee that was in the ring said that the um, the last his last words were look out so in his last moment he was trying to because he was about to land on the referee. Um, hmm. So, and I don't, I actually, you mentioned the turnbuckle thing. They, they said that initially they thought he hit the turnbuckle, but he, but I don't think he did. Okay. But, um, it was, I, I mean, it, it, I'm splitting hairs here, but he, he grazed, his cape grazed the referee and I, he clipped the rope a little bit, but mm-hmm. it dis, it detached his aorta is what killed him. Oh, okay. Um, so really sad. Too. I mean, yeah. obviously, I remember. I remember that night. But um, anyway, uh, I guess are we leaving on that note? 
or uh, was there anything else? Well, I mean, we could ask Omar, you know, what our contact information is. It'll be the same as, you know, as when he's when he's here. actually here. Yeah. Uh, give me five podcast.com. You can go there and you yep. can uh, find out stuff. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I occasionally will throw some stuff up there. Usually pictures of me looking at albums at the record store. Cause I use, <laughs> I try to use our, I use our Instagram as my main Instagram too. So but I try to keep the podcast centric. Uh, and uh, of course, if you want to help, uh, you can always go on iTunes or whatever podcast software you're using. Give us a comment. Give us, like, lots of stars. If they allow you to give five stars, I want you to give me, like, seven. We want all the stars. Yeah, all the stars. Oh. Uh, if you give us 69 stars, you'll get a visit from Omar. Yeah, you do. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. And remember, like I always say, Marco! Spider-Man? Polo! <laughs>